Alrighty, welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Man of Steel by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can follow me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. You can also follow me on social media at NoClutchNate, as well as my Instagram page, Clutch Figures. And I'm Mike. You can follow me on all social media at Mike the Impaler or on Twitter at Cygnus Impaler, C-Y-G-N-U-S underscore Impaler. And is there a podcast that you'd like Jesus to talk about? Jesus Christ, every fucking podcast. <laughs> I'm on Cell Dynamics. It's a Rush podcast. We talk about each Rush album. We go chronologically through their discography and uh, talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. And then we uh, rank them from 1 to 21 12. Oh, it's good. Yeah, I know. There you go. You know what? I haven't listened to. I don't know what my ranking is anymore because of the. Yeah. I don't know what my favorite album is anymore. That's what I'm trying to say. I don't know who I am anymore. Who am I? What are in these drawers? Yeah, I was wondering that earlier. Oh my God, Nate. Really? Yeah. Uh, that one to you is a DVD one. <laughs> and then the top one is a video game one. And then the three on the left are all Lush products. All right, I'm done. Yeah. And then the last one's a blanket. I said I was done. One blanket and a No, it's all the blankets are kept in there. Oh, Jesus okay. Christ, Nate. Seriously? So what does this minute start with, Mark? Well, I thought you were going to talk about your Tarantino minute podcast. Oh, well, I mean, we'll just... do it at the end because I'm tired of talking about Tarantino. <laughs> People are tired of listening about it. Woo. Damn. So today Rough. on Man of Steel, we're talking about minute number 70, and it starts with Cal L telling Father Leone that uh, he's the alien Zod is looking for. And then the minute ends with Father Leone giving Cal L some quality advice. So I wonder what it is like for a religious man to, one, talk to an alien, accept the existence no. of extraterrestrial life while you are um, definitively committed to your religious faith. Uh, so I feel like that's an interesting concept. What do you guys think? That's a whole. If he's very religious, I don't think it'll matter. His faith will not be obscured. Good point. I agree. Nate, faith and hmm, because it doesn't. There's a difference. Prove God. There's a difference between diehard believers of a higher power and people that actually just have faith. There's a big difference in that. I agree. And I think a lot of the times. Priests, fathers, padres, whatever you want to call them, are more faith-driven than they are belief-driven. Oh, shit. Sorry. <laughs> if, if you will. Um, so if Father Leon, you know, when Father Leon was, was uh, confronted with this extraterrestrial being, his faith isn't shaken. Are his beliefs shaken? They could be askew. Nothing's been disproven yet, I no, think. No, Absolutely. Nothing has been disproven. But in Father Leone's particular circumstance, he gets firsthand contact with Clark Kent's Superman. And in the book, he does see him fly through stained glass windows. He does see him defy all natural laws of physics. So belief could be shaken up a bit, but faith still stays the same. Agree. Y'all I agree. dig? Agreed. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think it shouldn't question much. Um, it could actually maybe strengthen your faith. You know? Maybe this is all part of a plan. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Strengthen faith. Yes. It could. 
I, I, I was thinking belief, but belief is not, but belief is a little bit muddy water because at, at what belief point could get muddy? It could. At what point are think, you? Do you stop praying to your particular deity? Deity? <clears throat> do you start praying to the man that actually is flying through your church and shooting lasers from his eyes? Yeah, I don't but, remember Jesus ever shooting lasers through his eyes though. I don't pray to Jesus. Happens in Philippians twenty-one twelve. Philippians. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, it's yeah, but yeah, it could, it could in fact do the opposite where it could strengthen your faith. Um, you know, maybe question some things in your religion, but you know, a lot of stuff in religion could be seen as just horse cocky natty. No, I was going to say like, Hoopla! there's a lot of things that you read in, in, all religions that it seem more of like to serve a purpose for giving you something to take with you. It's a moral. It's a moral compass. It's, it's a, yeah, yes, exactly. And Morality. and like maybe the presence of aliens kind of brings those into questions. But the fundamentals that you learn from your religion could actually be strengthened, uh, regardless of you know alien contact. I don't know. I'm just saying. Um, but I'll leave that at that. <laughs> um, it's. Really important here that so Cal L is asking a a priest or pastor or reverend or you know whatever you may call him Father Leon is asking him for guidance. Um, there's a nice shot of the um, stained glass showing a picture of Jesus Christ right next to Henry Cavill's face, which is a heavy-handed kind of metaphor mm-hmm. you oh say? yeah absolutely um trying to bring similarity uh with superman to jesus christ um but he's asking this guy for advice and father leon says uh you know what does your gut tell you and you know right off the bat uh Kal-El says zod can't be trusted um, but he said, there's something that tells me that maybe people can't be trusted either, which I think is important to include that. Um, it brings some things into question. Like we said, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, it may in fact be a good thing. Um, but I, I don't think he means like people can't be trusted. Like, I, I might actually, you know, side with Zod or anything. Like nothing like that drastic. But it's it's something good to have moving forward it's always something good to, to to say like yeah you can want to be the hero for people but it doesn't mean like you can just outright trust someone so i think it's important you know yep sorry um i don't know why he can't trust the earthlings though he's been raised by them his entire life like why can't he trust them he was raised by two in yeah. a small town, a in small this, bill, if you will. This He's we're seen? supposed to. I I assume that we're supposed to take away from this version of Clark in Smallville that he doesn't have the normal human backing that he has in comics. He doesn't have friends. He's very secluded. He yeah. has restraint like crazy. His parents have been drilling in restraint to his head like you know none hmm. other. So he still is probably very reclusive too. And still feels so separated from humanity that, again, when you're that far, you know, when you distance yourself so much, like like how he does, you still have that trust issue. Mm-hmm. He's been burned in the past. He's been bullied as a kid. He was bullied as a dishwasher, you know, Ludlow. Uh, he was at the bottom of the 
barrel, if you will, on uh, as Greenhorn on the boat. I mean, it's still like I think he still sees the bad. He's seen humanity. a lot of both, and yeah. that's that's why you know he wants to trust some people, but you know, like this world is not perfect, and that's something that's good to admit. So it's like it's kind of wrong for you to just outright trust the people of Earth just as well because they're kind of on the same path as Krypton. So a lot of people, there's good and bad. Like that's something that like you should always keep in mind. Like like the world is more gray than it is black or white. So not being able to trust someone completely or just like flat out right quickly, like it's a good um, state to be in. It's good to, you know, you know like New Jersey th- is always gray. <laughs> it's not a good state to be in. It was the joke. Oh, is that? Is I'm going to leave now. All right, bye. <laughs> the door is that way? Yep. Yeah, you can leave. It's my apartment, so I, you know, I know where the exit is. Um, yeah, just it's it's nice to, that he has that that um, conflict because should always be questioning things. But I'll stop there. Okay. Stop there. Stop the tape. Um, what was it? Um, the line that Zod can't be trusted kind of it bums me out because after talking about this through this podcast, I really wish there was that chance that Zod could have come off as not the bad guy. We didn't get the Jor-El explanation at this point. We would get it still later on. So I really wish that if Zod and his cronies came to Earth and started talking, you know, asking for Clark, I wish Clark still would have been like, you know, oh my God, these are my people. I'm going to go meet them right away. I'm going to go, you know, learn what they want and then have the tables turn. Like, ha, gotcha. In a trap. Gotcha, bitch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But yeah, I, I never really... It just kind of bums me out that we're we're just already thinking that Zod's the bad guy. I wish it was different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I agree. I think uh, it's weird, but then we probably wouldn't have gotten the scene, right? Um. Because like, yeah, there's not I, someone I guess to tell not. you. Like, so, what would be more important? Actual callback to a famous comic book or fan fiction? Because, like we said, we've never seen a comic book where Superman does kind of trust Zod at first, right? That's never happened. Um, No, I can't even think even recently. There was, even in the beginning of New 52, there was that Zod instance, especially in that Superman Wonder Woman book. And he was already like, bad guy, throw him in the Phantom Zone. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Zod. Um... Really short scene, actually. Surprised. There's only a, a few lines of dialogue, and it's just it's a full minute. Seems like there would be more, right? But a I lot feel of like silence, maybe. A lot of silence. I mean, there is a Jesus Christ imagery, but there's like, I mean, you take that as what it is. There's not much else you can do with that because we've talked so much about it. And then there is the, you know, the few lines that we get. Yeah. Um. So I don't know if you guys had any more about this minute. I did have one note in the beginning. When Clark actually says that, you know, Zod's the one that I'm, I'm the one that Zod's looking for. It shows a close up of Father Leone, and he like has that really hard swallow, and like his face, Gulp. 
Yeah. <laughs> is that I took that as fear. And it's not fear for the whole situation. It's fear that Father Leone is actually looking at this being in the eyes right now. Like he's like, oh, snap. Like this, I've been listening to this news coverage all day. I'm kind of freaking out. My faith is already, or my beliefs are already shaken because there's aliens here. What do I do? And then one of them just steps up into my porch. Like it's, uh, I don't know. It's kind of, I guess it goes back to that whole faith versus belief conversation that we Mm -hmm. had at the beginning um but then again like i mean he quickly recovers uh, no he he writes it off at the end of the minute um when he says you gotta take a leap of faith yeah it's like clark like walks away like he stands up and he walks he's like i can't you know the human race can't be trusted or whatever not sure that the humans can be trusted and then it's almost like father leone like does the, the the perfect thing for a neutral party Obviously, is what he's supposed to be playing for him to do, is that he, you know, swallows all that fear. He moves away from it and addresses the situation. And it's like sometimes you got to take a leap of faith. And it's like I'm not just cowering and balling up into a fetal position because this alien just walked through my door. I'm actually going to give this person who came to me for advice and for a confession, I'm going to give him an answer. Yeah. So it's it's very good character. Uh, what's that word? How do you spell that? <laughs> um, it's it's just a very good like I it's a, I liked it. I like him. Um, I do remember that the whole Father Leon part in For Tomorrow was my favorite part of that entire book because it calls to the whole Jesus Christ uh, nod and all that stuff. It's it's really good and 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 in that book it really Superman is like really questioning his or really questioning humanity in that book and. Um, you know how how humanity views him and how he views himself as a human, even though he's not. Mm-hmm. It's just a really good. For tomorrow, there's a, a good lot book. of t- like the problem that most people have with this film is like they think Superman should never question humanity, which is almost kind of like um, arrogant. I don't know, like uh, narcissistic view of humanity to be like oh well, you know superman should always you know why would he ever question the human race or something like that yeah it's like uh because you guys are terrible people like humans are the worst has been my most used hashtag this year we are <laughs> so you keep track of your hashtags i do i say humans are the worst like almost every day because people don't stop disappointing especially with per, uh political climate and climate change and resources and the way we destroy our planet. Yeah, humans are the worst. And this podcast has made me realize that. Um, but, you know, questioning humanity is not a bad thing. So, But I do like that Father Leon's last line to him is, you know, sometimes you have to take a leap of faith. And the trust part comes later. It's not bad advice to take out of context. Um, Mike, did you have anything? No, not really. I mean, I like the leap of faith line, but I mean, like Nate said, it is kind of like a third party kind of thing. It's it's what he's supposed to say, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything in the scene is like, yeah, like that. Yeah, that's what's gonna. That's what's gonna it's be like, said. Yeah, Superman went to confession. Cool, got it. Great. Yeah, it's yeah. like yeah, like he said, Zaz a bad guy, but humans are you know not great either, and you know, gotta trust. It's like yeah, that, that makes sense. Like that's that's what's gonna be said in this kind of situation. Cool. Yeah. Did we talk about the first time? Yeah, we did. But what we didn't ask you, no, I was going to say, because we have, 
we've kind of developed this kind of formula for how we end the week out with our guests. And I know we asked you the first time you see Man of Steel, um, but can you tell us? I don't think I was with you guys, right? No, I was with you. It was. It was with City Walk. Yeah. 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 Um, But our next question. Oh no, you're good. It's getting late. (laughs) Doldy monster. Doldy monster. Um, I don't know if you can recommend any Superman books that you think. All Star Superman till the day I die (laughs) is still is going to be in my top five favorite comic books of all time across Marvel, really? Image, and DC. It's a beautiful book. I mean, the ending where they... What are your top five comic books? Godland's number one. Oh, yeah. Uh, number two would probably be Manhattan Project. Oh, yeah. Manhattan Projects. Number three would be uh, Immortal Iron Fist by Matt Fraction. Oh, yeah. Number four would probably be... Ooh, God, that's a tough one. All-Star uh, Superman. Now we're getting into it. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll probably put all sorts of men right there at number four. It's just, it's perfect. And number five, uh, I would probably put East of West up there Ooh. as well. Woo. Cool. Woo. I got a red hot fire f- top it's five. Good. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm kind of like right there with you. Um, I mean, I was, yeah, like really all those five would Thor. definitely be contenders of my five, if not the same ones. I'd probably put Thor God Bomb. Uh, up there on top five as well, but I'm yeah. not going to. Oh my god, that, was that, Thor that was from the God of Thunder series, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's probably my top five, and it's you know, it's great. Even the show, oh man, I'd honestly, I'd probably put New Fifty Two, uh, Animal Man in my top five as well. Damn, it's so it's just perfect, and Swamp Thing as well. But All Star Superman is, and even um, Action Comics, the first. 12 issues of action comics with Superman as a teenager. Yeah. Very good Superman storyline where he learns how to be Superman, you know, how to be good and how to be bad. But All-Star Superman, it always gets me when, um, you know, they think he died and it's like, no, he just went to work on the sun and the last image is of him literally working inside In the, the sun. sun. And it's yeah. just, it's, it's a beautiful. Be- it's beautiful imagery of, of like this is what he needs to survive and this is how this is how Superman is Superman. Like he is he does nothing for himself and only is only there to give. There was a um was it I think was it in Batman and Robin? I think it was in Batman and Robin where they made the Hellbat suit and they kind of explained that. It was a callback to to All Star Superman where he got all the leaguers to pretty much like work on this Hellbat suit so that like it can be like the end all be all armor for Batman. You know, he got Diana to take it to Hephaestus to, you know, put some magic on it. But he told Clark that it needs to be, like, the best kind of forgery you can ever do. And Clark took that shit into the center of the sun. And there's just this one scene where, like, he's got the Hellbat suit on, like, this anvil. He's in the middle of the sun with a big old hammer looking like Apollo, like, about to hammer that shit. Oh, man, it's just, it's beautiful. Good imagery. Great. Crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my... That's my Superman comic I would recommend. I don't you guys have probably had people on that said All Star Superman, right? I think probably the one m- person. No. No, everybody's yeah, everybody's yeah, a lot said of people it. say yeah. All Star Superman. But it's like how can you not, right? It's like uh It's the perfect Superman comic. It's, it's like pe- the perfect Superman. It's like comic. people saying Empire Strikes Back is their favorite Star Wars film. It's crazy because the people that I worked with at my comic book store had a thing against Grant Morrison. And when I told them, it was like, oh, did you ever read, did you read All-Star Superman? Everybody was like, meh. That's what sold me like, on Grant Morrison. Not- Grant Morrison, in my yeah. opinion, is, was 
the greatest comic book writer of all time. He was the greatest, and now he has become so <laughs> crazy person, crazy <laughs> and so diluted into nothing. Yeah, he's become so. He's become, uh, it's a uh, rampancy. He's been so yeah. obsessed with the idea of Grant Morrison that he is no longer Grant Morrison. It's no, true. I think it's like when you get so, um, so like I said, rampancy. So like, let me give you an example. Is like Cortana from the Halo series, where like, so she's a smart AI. So she's always constantly learning, and they give those smart AIs like an eight-year lifespan, which is why in Halo Four she has an issue. Because like she learns so much to the point where she doesn't exist anymore because she just she like kind of like uh, like eats herself basically. Mm. So it's like you could say Grant Morrison's the same way, where it's like this guy just gets more and more like thought provoked to the point of like unstableness, instability. I guess you could say that to the point where it's like you can't like when you read something by Grant Morrison, you're just like, what the fuck are you talking about? And it's because like. He's so. <laughs> His last great series was All Star Superman. He's That's so where he like went out. Disconnected. Now, that was it for him. Now there's a huge disconnect between us. Oh, I'm Batman a huge fan was of R.I.P. Was that after? Uh, after. I didn't like R.I.P. though. You didn't like R.I.P. Made you fucking feel like you were crazy. R.I.P. Threw me off the Grant Morrison Batman train. Oh, it threw me off. And see, hard. a lot of people fell off with his Earth One Wonder Woman or whatever. What was it? Yeah, he just did Earth One Wonder Woman. Yeah. Which I really, really enjoyed that book. Mm-hmm. It was short. It was simple. It was to the point. It was like, boom, here's Wonder Woman. She's a fucking babe. All the other Amazons are fucking babes. Have this book. Mm. And I think the problem might be is like, so like All-Star Superman might be able to transition you from like the way you think into the way that he thinks. But like in future books that he writes, maybe it's like you already have to be in his state of mind to even get it. So it's like maybe there's a there's a translation issue because for Grant Mor- being Grant for Morrison's like mind? you to be like the way you live your life and then to have to like take your brain and like put it into like Grant Morrison's head and be like now I have to read this book like this dude is trying to talk to me about like there is no nice way to ease you into it maybe like now the way he writes is just so far out of it that it's like maybe that's where the disconnect the re- comes. The way he came up with the idea of All Star Superman is he was walking through. London or Glasgow or Dublin or some somewhere in the UK and he came across a guy in a Superman suit sitting on the railroad tracks just sitting there on the railroad tracks and he went up to him and just started talking to him because we know why you're wearing the Superman suit he goes well I am Superman and he was like oh okay and that picture uh, on the cover of All-Star Superman of him sitting on the cloud Mm -hmm. is exactly how the guy was sitting on the railroad tracks he was just sitting there in the Superman suit just sitting, yeah, man, just living his life, and that's like Grant Morrison's. Like, that's the Superman I want to tell. I want to tell that Superman who's just like, yeah, I'm Superman. Like, that's just, that's just what I do. That's who I am, and that's why I love it so much. Because there's no, there's no, there's nothing to obscure him. There's nothing to dilute Superman. It's just like there's no, like yeah, like you got to think about Martha and Jonathan and Jor El and all that kind of shit. But it's just Superman. It's just Superman being Superman, doing a Superman thing. That's what I like about it. Cool. That's where I get at it. So it's good. Fuck with me. It's good. <laughs> Fight me. F I T. Fucking reading goddamn comic books longer than you kids have been like goddamn alive. Fight me. Well, we're the same age. Not like you guys. <laughs> um, did you we st- ask you your opinion on the whole DC Cinematic Universe? Eh, it's a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. Do you still have my All Star Superman? 
Probably. Give me that shit back. Fuck you. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I don't like it. All right, cool. I thought you would say you did. <laughs> no, I mean, I like... There's um, aspects of it. There's aspects I do like. I like the Netflix more than I like the movies for Marvel. I think we yes. can all agree to that. It's. A, I mean, I like the long-form stories, but that's... I mean, like, look at me in Tarantino. I like... Can we talk I, about why Iron Fist is great? <laughs> I like the fact that I like a long format story. Like, you know, these movies are good. Like, these DC movies, they're all right. They're not terrible. I mean, they could be better, and I think you could both say that they could be better movies. I say that. We say that. Okay. What, that the DC story. movies could be better? Yeah. They could always be better. Yeah, but that's not our call. You know what no, I mean? No, I, no. I, come, I, wouldn't, I would never say that a movie is bad. There's no such thing as a bad movie. It There's might no not such be. thing as a perfect movie. No, I agree. Yeah. But you can't call it bad. When people, like, when the Marvel fanboys get at these movies and go, oh my god, those movies fucking suck, they're just terrible. Like, no, you can't say that. Like, you can't say they're bad movies. They yeah. accomplish everything they're out to do. They just didn't do it as well as you would have liked. They didn't do it in the Marvel fashion where it's all flamboyant and more, you know, flourishes on it. What I don't like about this whole... DC horseshit yeah. is just what where they're where it's all coming together. I don't like that. I don't like the fact that you already have to know who Cyborg is in the new movie. You already have to assume, you are, you have to know who Aquaman is and what his thing is and who Hera is. You have to know who the Flash is, how he got his powers. I don't like that. I wish that I that there was a lead up because I love the Flash. You want beginning movies Flash. first, like how Marvel did. Yeah. I mean, yeah. maybe not that many. Like, I love Iron Man One. I think Iron Man One is one of the best superhero movies ever made. I think it's just. I think mm -hmm. it's. I think it's close to being the most perfect superhero movie of all time, because of just the rawness and how he becomes Iron Man. He goes from Iron Monger to Iron Man. It's perfect. And you're not going to show the transition of Barry Allen. You're not going to show the transition from Cyborg from his from playing football for Gotham High or the. Where, was, he was in Gotham, right? Gotham University. Gotham University. Yeah. From him I, playing I football to being cyborg, from fucking Hal Jordan or John Stewart or Guy Gardner into being like, you know, they're all such separate characters. I don't know. I just, I love, I also love Green Lantern too. And like, how are you going to fucking leave Green Lantern out of all this thing? He's how coming. How are you going to do that? He's coming. He's coming, but he, he's the Green fucking Lantern. He's doing space cop stuff, man. I like the Green Lantern. <laughs> no, I think he needs to be in it for sure. He's de he definitely has to be in it. Um, but I'm see I see what you're saying, where it's like maybe they need they need a film that uh, introduces the character before, um, but maybe they don't need like three Iron Man films before they. Oh get no 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 no. Yeah, see, like no, they don't no, need no. that. I completely agree with that. Like, you know, one for each, and then do a big one. I think a Flash movie would be great. Like Flash versus, you know, Reverse Flash or Flash versus, you know, um the Rogues. The ro oh my it. god, the Flash Rogues. Flash in a Rogues Gallery would be, be great. The best well, thing see, ever. like I would like to Flash film to just be Flashpoint because you've already introduced everyone in the universe and now Flashpoint would be a uh, a film almost like Marvel doing Infinity War, you know, because then you'd have you'd have um Superman being locked up forever. And yeah. you know, and holding and like so showing that side of Superman without the sun, you'd have fucking um, yeah. You'd already have Bruce be dead, and, you'd ha it's, and like you know, Aquaman would, and Wonder Woman battling. A like if Flash's film was Flashpoint, it would feel very much like Captain America: Civil War. Where I it, completely where, agree. Where it's like, isn't this just an Avengers film? Mm -hmm. Or like someone would be like, isn't this just that's a the Justice way it League should film? be? But you want to do that before the Justice League film? No, I think you should do it after. Yeah, that's what that would be great. That would be great. I would love that. So just do that. 
and you can show everyone in like a really weird state. You can bring back the guy who plays uh, Negan or whatever to be the guy Thomas, who plays Negan. Play Thomas Wayne. I'm sorry, I can't pull. <laughs> Did he play Thomas Wayne? Jeffrey Dean Morgan. There we go. Okay, so Jeffrey Dean Morgan plays Thomas Wayne name. in now continuity. Like he is Thomas that. Wayne. Yeah. yeah, he was in Dawn of Justice. So he um, could be the Batman. Cyborg can just be himself but look different. Uh, you still have the Flash. You have Wonder Woman, who's gonna fight Aquaman. You have those characters already, and then just put Henry Cavill in like a weird CGI skinny guy scenario, like uh, like a uh, Captain America, like Captain, Captain America, America, yeah. First, first Steve Avenger. Rogers, exactly. So just what do a, that. In summation, I don't like calling these movies bad. I don't like calling them good, but I don't like calling them bad because no movie deserves to be called bad. Every movie is fucking amazing. It's a goddamn movie. I would say they're good. You know, they're just not perfect. If you showed it to somebody in 1955, they'd be like, holy shit, like, my mind is fucking blown. That's why movies are amazing. These movies are amazing because of what they accomplished. Holy shit. It's amazing. <laughs> you can't call it bad, though. So, and I, I will fight any fucking, any person that said, that, like, is Marvel fanboying, uh, uh, like, you know, these movies. So, fuck them. I'll kill them. I'll kill them, motherfucker. But what movies are great? Mad Max Fury Road, the best one of the, one of the greatest movies really of, movie. of this past. I was going to try and segue into Tarantino minute. Oh well. Oh, Fury yeah. Road's a great movie. Fury Road Road's Warrior fucking... is still my favorite. Oh yeah, well, it's, it's well, Road it's, Warrior. Yeah, that's that's what it is exactly because that's Road Warrior. Um, that is Mad Max. Yeah, I mean Tarantino makes some of the greatest cinema of the past since 1992. He's been making some of the greatest cinema, and he's always had this cult following so of people. Twenty five years. Twenty five. Yeah, it years. actually has. Holy shit! And he's only made nine movies. Eight, well, kind of eight technically. Nine. Well, he's times. also done some other works like uh, Four Rooms and uh, Four Rooms, Planet Terror. He did. Uh, what else did he do? He was. I mean, he's always acted and stuff. He was acting. I just watched Little Nicky last night. And he was in Little Nicky. Then you know it. So he always does stuff. But if you like Tarantino, and you love Reservoir Dogs, or if you hate Reservoir Dogs, listen to Tarantino Minute. My parents hated Reservoir Dogs, so that's why I got to watch the film. Because I was like, why did they stop this? Why couldn't I watch this movie? Went and saw it as a kid. Uh, caught me off guard. <laughs> really <laughs> caught me off guard. <laughs> Almost didn't get it caught off guard, you know? Because, like, that movie is, it kind of really breaks the mold of, like, how a film should even play out. And then Pulp Fiction even does it's it because more. because of the budget for Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. But you don't know that as a young person. No. That's that's the beauty of it. Yeah. That's and, the beauty of Tarantino see, like, is that he can add, cover up everything and then make him do a And they amazing it adds cinema. to the beauty of it. I felt that way after watching From Dusk Till Dawn. Like the first half of that movie, I was prepared to be watching oh, yeah. a Tarantino movie. Like a like a heist and then, movie like a, like a, yeah. yeah. And then it turns into a Robert Rodriguez vampire movie and I'm like, what the fuck is you going know, on right now? I like saw, a Cabin in the Woods kind of scenario. When I yeah, saw exactly. uh, From Dusk Till Dawn, I saw it like maybe 45 minutes into it. Oh. So I was already like Oh no! Like, so yeah, I was going into it like you. Movie. I was like, "Oh my god, this is like a cool Tarantino." It was movie. on HBO. I, like, one I thought there was total left character turn. development yeah. between the two, the, between the two brothers and everything. Like, oh man, I'm I'm getting into this. Tarantino is one of them. All right, boom, left field, vampires. What the shit is happening? Mm-hmm. Like that was, yeah, love it. It's good. What was the other one that you just said? Not uh, from Dust Dawn. Planet Terror. Planet Terror. Uh, no, uh, Kevin in the Woods. Oh, oh Kevin in the Woods. Okay, that's a great 
movie. A lot of people don't like it, though. That, to me, I didn't like it when I first saw it. I loved it. I fell in love when I first saw it, and I did not expect what I was going to watch. I started watching it, and then they're fucking cracking jokes, like the two dudes who work, and it's like, holy shit, this is really well done. The fact that these guys are just like, "Mm, there's another day in the office, it's fucking, let's kill some people. I think if DC went, if they made more unique movies, I guess it would be said, because all their movies kind of have the same tone. In a sense, mm-hmm. Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman, well, Dark Knight—they yeah. all—it's all dark, brooding. It's tone. like Christopher Nolan and Snyder have that same vision, yeah, exactly. But then we're gonna see something with Patty Jenkins. It's gonna be something completely different, I think. But ex- yeah, I, I completely agree. But like, make it—I mean, I don't like saying it, but do a Guardians. You know, make it fun. If you're gonna do a Green Lantern movie, it's gotta be fun. I think that's what Suicide Squad was supposed to be. And they, they were supposed they to pick you back off the Guardians they, and off the deck. I don't think. The mark. I don't think they knew what they wanted. Yeah, yeah. that like was. I agree. It was supposed to be a Guardians feel, but like you know, or an Ant Man feel. Make it not the mold. You know, do something different. Green Lantern has always been a snarky motherfucker. Always been a snarky guy. I mean, I Guy Gardner's an asshole. I don't yeah. like Guy Gardner. But Hal Jordan and John Stewart always been really snarky and people. Kyle. Like Batman. Yeah, oh yeah, and Kyle Rayner, yeah. Yeah. But do a buddy cop movie with Green Lantern and Flash. There's, I, absolutely I was gonna say, like, that's where the like the snarkiness comes out because the two characters Flash and Green Lantern bring that out of each mm-hmm. other. And there's always been the Flash Green Lantern duo. Like always. Mm-hmm. You know? Hal had Barry, Wally had both John and Kyle. Guy was just a dick guy to was a dick and didn't yeah. want to be and it's okay to change the direction after justice league because like because then you say from man of steel to justice league was arc one now arc two can be something a little bit different yeah you can change things up because you just saw like the heaviness of justice league now you, you can, could do a cyborg slice of life movie like a coming of age movie almost with cyborg like that's very easy to do this guy just He's this teenager that just became this robot and you like guys now probably wouldn't get it but like i would say make cyborg like uh, the Ghost in the Shell franchise, where it's like someone who has to question their life now because now they're their humanity. They're, yeah, they have to. Well, they like they, yeah, their humanity comes in question, and it's like yeah, you're super powered by the cybernetics, and like now you live in a world that's like fully cyber, like you know, and so in touch with digital shit, and it's like, but you can't let like that humanity of you like slip away because that's what makes you you. I think so. they have a lot of potential. To do good, DC, Warner Brothers, Zack Snyder, Scott Snyder, Absolutely. fucking everybody—they all, they, <laughs> they all have, they all have such potential to do good, and I want them to just do something different. That's all I want. Do something different. We've been seeing these same movies for like ten years now, since Dark Knight Begins. Well, see, like Dark a lot Begins. of people want them to mm-hmm. go back to quintessential stuff, like classic stuff, and that's what you know. I'm okay with it being different. You break the mold, but you change the color well, see, palette. Like, that's what I'm saying. See, yeah. See, like Man of Steel was different. And that's why I like it. Um, and then Donna Justice falls in the same footsteps, so that's why I like it. But, you know, I understand you saying, like, maybe it's time to change it up now. Mm-hmm. Um, just because cause then you've created a mold with Man of Steel, and now it's like you're kind of going back into it where you're just filling the same mold over and over again. So now it's time to change it again. Not go back to what you used to do, but I'm saying find a new third tone. Find something new now. I think it's good what you guys are doing. <laughs> Somebody's got to stick up for these fucking movies. Somebody's got to. Yeah. You know? It's just weird. people that fucking give a shit about it. I them. think what we've talked about is like the, there are people out there who put a lot of time and energy to be negative about something. Oh, yeah. Because it's... 
It's, it, well, I don't get it. It's like you could just spend your time being positive about something that you do like and say how those are better than this, but then it's like you choose to just put a lot of energy into being negative about something, and it's like where does that get you in your life? It's true. You know? People worked hard for the, on these movies. But yeah. people work really hard to not like these things. So it's like why would you do that? Why would you spend so much time? Because they're jerks, Mark. Well, yep. I mean, a lot of people are like a, bunch of a lot of people would be like, "Yo, I really like, you know, the DC universe." Like, and that's why I hate on these films. Like, that doesn't make any goddamn sense. Why you would spend that much time? If I was spending a lot of time into not liking something, I'd rather put that much time into finding out why some parts are good, and maybe fighting for that. You know, it's just that's not healthy. That's not a healthy way to live. So, mm. those are my two cents, three cents. How much money do you have? That was it. John D. Rockefeller. I have $3. <laughs> but we're going to go ahead and wrap up this week. Uh, if you guys love what you hear, don't forget to leave us a great review on iTunes. We love reading them out over the podcast. And if you're looking for some other great podcasts to listen to, we have Stellar Dynamics, the ultimate encyclopedic compendium of all things Rush, where they go through one studio album in each episode, track by track. Um, and it has Mike and his buddy Rob. Yep. And then we also have... Tarantino Minute, which is Mike, and this hey. is with Nathan. Yeah. And they go through minute by minute through all of Tarantino's films, um, starting with Reservoir Dogs. And then there's also Honey Hole My Beer, which is just a hilarious podcast where just two gals share some of the craziest stories I've ever heard. They share craft beers, and it's, uh, you know, it's a pretty good time. So check those out, guys, and we'll see you guys next week here on DC Cinematic Minute.